Hi, and welcome to my new podcast, DC and T. If you saw my announcement on Twitter, you saw that this is going to be a weekly podcast where I go into all things DC, obviously. So not just the movies, not just the comics, but everything from the comics, the movies, the video games, the um, TV shows. So that will all be here. And the T part of it all is anytime I'm not at Warner Brothers, which is most times. Okay, so this is episode one. So October 14th will be the anniversary of this podcast. But if you are watching um, the video format, it's going to go up on Fridays. But if you're listening to this, it's going to go up on Thursdays. Um, I am just, I am so excited. I think I'm so excited. I have to get used, (laughs) I have to get used to speaking um and uh, remembering that some people will only listen to me they can't see in my face so i have to get used to the podcast format today is a celebration and i decided to start off this podcast with a superman themed episode one of my topics i was already going to talk about because it's what inspired me to make the podcast but something just happened today that i'm so happy about by the way today is monday so i'm gonna try to you know record on mondays you know be ahead of time so that's why sometimes you hear me talking about something that will happen that day just know i'm not recording these on thursdays and they go up that would be impossible (laughs) that would be impossible for me so today we're having a superman themed episode and i just thought it was so appropriate because i absolutely love superman and you have to know this about me if you don't already know me and you know me already in some kind of capacity um so the inspiration for this podcast dcnt i love the name (laughs) I love the name of my pod. I love the name of my podcast because it, came- it took me a while to think of it. I'm usually not that good with names, um, but the inspiration for this podcast was something I just randomly tweeted out a few weeks ago. If you don't already know, um, I love Superman, yes, but I also love Zack Snyder. I love Man of Steel, so I tweeted out something very random. And if again, I remember some people are listening to me, but. If- <laughs> if you um if you are watching this podcast i'll put up my visuals when i'm talking about them but i tweeted out this random thing to me because i was just you know thinking about my steel i watch it so often and i just find it here's my tweet if you didn't see it somehow <laughs> and i said for me no really not just for me but in general the most nonsensical criticism of man of steel is that it's dark and hopeless when the main theme of the entire film is hope and i just kind of tweeted out randomly just sharing my thoughts as you do on twitter and i wasn't expecting it to get as many reactions as it did and i think it got it got up to well almost 1700 likes which i think it's you know my most popular tweet that i've done which was so shocking to me and I was honestly thinking I would get more pushback on the tweet because anytime you bring up Man of Steel or Henry Cowell's Superman or even just Zack Snyder it's a whole struggle but um I was surprised that I wasn't surprised that people agree with me because I do know people who you know they like the same things I like but I was surprised there wasn't more pushback and more debates there were a couple debates but that was my inspiration for kind of starting a podcast it has been in the back of my mind for a while but when I shared that I'm like you know what yes I have my YouTube and this video will be on my YouTube on Fridays as I said um but I think it would just be great to have a podcast where I can get out all these thoughts about DC because I think that's what people know me for is 
being a major DC fan and also being a major Superman fan. So that is the story of how I started DCNT, this now podcast that you can listen to or watch and enjoy. Um, but my main topic today, or my first topic, was always going to be Man of Steel. But later on, I'm going to talk about another thing that I was not, I had a whole different topic planned, but this threw me for a loop. And I saw that Jonathan Kent, um, now who is Superman in the comics with Superman Son of Kal-El, that is, it is a comic I would definitely recommend. But he, in a in the next issue, or really, not really the next issue, but number five, I believe, because number four isn't out yet. Maybe. I think tomorrow. But <laughs> he comes out as bisexual because he's dating um, someone who's... Okay, we have... A <laughs> this is going to be the hard part about recording a podcast because I'm just so giddy. And sometimes when I'm giddy, I start talking faster and go on a whole tangent. But um, I thought it was so sweet when I heard that uh, the the guy that Jonathan Kent is dating is also a journalist but we'll get into that later so the first topic is, is Man of Steel the next topic is Jonathan Kent and then actually at the end of the episode I'm going to talk about my expectations for DC fandom because that is this Saturday so I have to get in like my predictions or whatever for that but first Man of Steel the inspiration for this podcast um so like I said in my tweet I find <laughs> I find criticisms of this movie like that so ridiculous. Not in general. I can get people not liking Man of Steel, but sometimes people who don't like Man of Steel and why they say they don't like it, I just feel like they really watched a whole different movie. I don't know what's going on, you guys. I don't know what's going on. Because one of the main criticisms that I hear of Man of Steel is that it's dark and hopeless and that Henry Cavill is dark and emotionless. And I, I just, I don't, I don't know where you're getting that from. Because <laughs> if you actually sit down to watch the movie and maybe not go in with, oh, I'm not gonna like this because it's Zack Snyder, even though I don't know why people dislike him so much, that's also very strange to me. But to just dismiss Man of Steel as dark, emotionless, hopeless, when the main point is hope. There were some people who did point out to me in my tweet that the main theme to them was choice, like, you know, Clark Kent's choice to be Superman or, you know, choice to stay people when young, growing up, he didn't really have the chance to make a choice. And I get what people are saying, but to me, I just always thought the main theme was hope and not just because it's with, oh yeah, Superman, his symbol means hope. I just felt that because in every single situation, there's the underlying theme of hope, not just with Clark, but then you have, you know, the hope that Krypton will live on through Clark, like with Kyle's parents. Um, the hope that Jonathan has for his son to like live and thrive, even though he's so cautious, and I'll talk about that in a moment you have hope there and then you even have hope with Zod like yes Zod is the villain but he has the hope that Krypton can live on in some way even though he applies in a very strange way <laughs> but so I just I just feel like those criticisms of Man of Steel is just from someone who either did not watch the movie or they watched the movie but they already went into it with uh, this perception of it because of Zack Snyder and even then I still don't understand why they had that perception. It's very strange. <laughs> it's very strange. And I feel like a lot of people are really hard on Man of Steel as a movie because so many criticisms I see are just something that 
it's like they're not getting that this is an origin story. <laughs> Man of Steel is an origin story. This is a story of Clark Kent discovering who he is, which is Cal Al, you know, his real birth name, and then becoming who he's meant to be, which is Superman. And I thought it was so beautiful the way they did that. And there's so there's so many things I love about this movie. But I do want to address a couple things. Um because I got some, of course, like I said, I got some pushback on this. <laughs> and one of the pushbacks um, that I got, and another thing where I feel like people do not have comprehension, you know, unfortunate. But someone said, like, oh, the scene you're showing in one of the images is when Jonathan Kent is, um, here, if, if you're watching the video, you are seeing the visual imagery that helped with this but oh one of the images you showed is jonathan telling his son to just let kids die you think that's hopeful and i'm like oh i well not that person did comment that on my tweet and when they said that i was thinking okay no what's going on i was so annoyed with it because i'm thinking okay i just can't get into debate into a debate about that because if you think that's the purpose of that scene you did not watch the scene and comprehend it the way you are supposed to honestly and i thought that was clear but a lot of people are very hard on jonathan kent in this movie and they really take that um they really take that uh consensus of oh he's just telling clark to let people die and no <laughs> no i don't think that's what he's telling clark at all like of course every time jonathan would talk to clark and he had so much hope for his son and he was always so concerned for him and he would say it was very obvious that he was coming from a place of well you're gonna i know you're gonna do great things but at the same time for you to do those great things people have to know about you and when people know about you they can easily frame you in a way that um they set you up as the the villain in their stories which kind of goes into batman v superman but i'm not gonna get into that here and another criticism that i want to address i love it i'm going through all the things i always hear about this movie and i just don't understand it so another thing that people usually say about Man of Steel um, usually deals with the third act of the movie and how they don't like that Superman doesn't save people or, and I also find that strange because one of the conflicts in the movie is that Clark cannot stop saving people and even Lois points this out to him when she finds him. Um, and the reason that she finds him and discovers his identity is because she followed a whole trail of people that he saved. Um, and then also he saves the entire world from becoming Krypton and you know at the last you know in the last act of the movie so I think that's that counts for saving people and again people always rag on the final act because there was a lot of destruction um, like any movie but again I feel like that kind of goes back to what I said earlier where people are not remembering that this is Clark in his early days he's not going to He's not a strategist at this point in time or knows how to like, okay, here's another villain. Let me just take them away, take them, take them into space, even though he tries to, he kind of tries to do that a little bit. But um, it's very strange. <laughs> it's honestly very weird when people talk about that final act and all they can talk about is how they blame Clark for the whole thing and they just ignore that Zod caused everything. It's very, it's very weird. <laughs> um... And with Zod, I want to go into that as well, is I actually really like how Zod is a direct foil for Clark. 
because Azad, he knows who he is. He was bred to be, you know, a soldier, a warrior to protect Krypton no matter what. Um, so he has also has this relentlessness even in his defeat. And it's so interesting because, you know, Superman or, you know, Clark at this point, he tries to be so hard to be, he tries so hard to be a pacifist, but he's constantly pushed to his limits, especially by Zod with that uh, ending scene. And then once Zod, because he's bred to be a warrior or soldier, which they do emphasize several times, he forces Clark's hand to kill him because he has nothing left to live for. He said it. He was bred to... Um, live for Krypton that was his purpose so once that was done and Clark you know made sure that Earth couldn't become another Krypton Zod had to force Clark's hand to take him out um so I know people get mad about the next snap but at that point I think the first time I watched this maybe I mean because the first time I watched this movie I was younger I did like it but I don't think I understood so many of the themes that I'm going through here when I watched it the first time but I thought that was, I thought it was very fascinating the way the foil between Zod and Clark, and eventually that this movie so full of hope and hope underlies everything has what seems to be a dark ending, but it's not dark in the way people will say, um, because the hope for Krypton lives on through Clark. <laughs> Let me repeat this. The hope for Krypton lives on through Clark. His actual symbol means hope. I know human beings won't know. They just think it's an S, so he's Superman. But that's the point of the movie. It lives through him. And they even, um, there's like a little scene that everyone always brings up where Clark is going through the Kryptonian ship and there's an empty pod. So who knows? <laughs> who knows who else is out there? There's hope for them as well. But that feels to me was the main message trying to be portrayed. Now, one of my absolutely favorite scenes from not just Man of Steel, but I guess any comic book movie is definitely in the top five, I would say, is, and you already know what I'm talking about, is Superman's first flight. I just think it is one of the most breathtaking sequences in a movie ever. <laughs> just, it's so, amazing and it's interesting because one of my favorite things about Zack Snyder's interpretation of Superman and Henry Cavill's portrayal um, is conveying the power of Superman because it's very strange because he is called Superman but since he's portrayed sometimes in um, earlier versions or in just maybe um, more um, not maybe more like family friendly things even though a family could watch this but you know more targeted as two kids he's more portrayed as a boy scout character i just feel in earlier versions of superman you can really forget how powerful he's supposed to be um unless you watch well even with the animated movies it wasn't the same so when kal-el takes off for flight for the first time and so and i say kal-el because this is after he talks to his father's consciousness basically um <laughs> well superman fans we all know we know so he talks to his father and then he puts on the suit for the first time he walks out into the wait i forgot where they are but the abyss really because it's just snowy mountain land and he's going to take off for flight 
<laughs> and if you are a Man of Steel fan, you know this scene by heart. You know the music. You know how the whole thing goes. And oh man, I love this scene so much. It's just breathtaking in every way because of the power behind the movements, the music behind it. Henry Cavill's smile. I don't know what people are talking about <laughs> saying that he doesn't smile. Come on. Like this scene is just pure gold. I just don't understand how it's so perfect and it's honestly one of my favorite move uh favorite scenes in a movie in general because i really love how he stumbles and gets back up again it's just so uplifting and hopeful and it's the main reason i don't understand why people dismiss this movie as dark because of the color scheme i don't understand I don't get it. Maybe it's not the bright blues and reds that you're used to, but man, I did. I don't know how you could just skip past that scene. And oh man, Hans Zimmer really did his thing. <laughs> it was so, oh so 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 amazing. Oh, this is making me want to watch Man of Steel tonight, honestly. Um, but I had to talk about that. Is my favorite scene. And Man of Steel, one of my top comic book movie scenes, scenes that I watch to make me feel happier, you know, if I'm feeling sad. So, I mean, Man of Steel in general, I could probably watch when I'm feeling sad. So that's always that's always nice. Um, most of interesting. Most <laughs> most of Zack Snyder's movies are like that for me. Well, those are my really my main thoughts on Man of Steel. Honestly. I could do a two-hour podcast episode on Man of Steel, but I want to address some of the main criticisms that I hear about it, and also talk about some of my favorite things. Um, and I didn't, I didn't want to talk about something else kind of related to Man of Steel before I get to Son of Kal El, because um, there was something I, something I noted in how people responded to my tweet is, Chris, I love, I really love the first Superman, 1978. Uh, I love Christopher Reeve. Um, sometimes people are surprised when I say that, but no, I do love Christopher Reeve as Superman and as Clark Kent. And I was just watching the, the 70s Superman the other day, not the other day, but a couple months ago. And it was just, it was, uh, I think I watched it in the morning and it was just an awesome morning. It was just so you know, light and airy. It's so hard to describe, but I just had a good time watching it. I had a smile on my face. Um, but one thing about the 70s Superman and, you know, Reeve, Donner, that whole combo, nothing really irritates me about them. I mean, I know people have their own criticisms of maybe Christopher Reeve and Richard Donner, but I'm not going to get into that. But I find it very weird how Christopher Reeve is primarily brought up um, by Superman fans <laughs> and that he's only brought up in a detriment to other portrayals of this character um, because I really feel that his Superman deserves so much more than just to be a comparison. I know he's the OG. I know he's the original but every time I don't unless it's Superman Day or something I never see People talking about Christopher Reeve just and his Superman just to talk about him. <laughs> I only see it. Maybe because I'm on this side of Twitter or the internet or whatever. But so many times I just see it, him being brought up and his Superman and his Clark Kent. 
and a to be detrimental to not only Henry Cavill's Superman, but everybody. And the thing is, I know it's it's so different with Batman. I know people have their favorite Bat Batman Batman. You know, everyone has their favorites. I love Ben Affleck, but there's something about the way like there's just something about the way people treat Christopher Reeve's Superman. I'm like, y'all need to stop. <laughs> y'all really need to stop. Um, and I saw this one thing. It's like, oh, yeah, like, you just, you just can't beat that smile. And, well, sure, that's nice. But what else do you like about Christopher Reeve's Clark Kent? Do you like his Clark Kent in general? Like, how do you feel that how he betrayed it? I don't... I don't know. This is just something that personally bothered me when I when I thought about it. Because um, I feel like sometimes Christopher Reeve Superman fans, not all of them, but, you know, the stands who, who do what I'm saying, who only bring them up to compare to other things and always in a negative way. Um, they don't like Clark Kent. They don't like Superman. They like this one portrayal of this character and uh and then somehow this is the only way it can be that's so dumb that is so stupid <laughs> come on you guys we have to be do better we have to do better i just think that you know the 70s superman is a classic and i just think that both the movie and christopher reeves superman and clark kent deserves to be brought up and not just oh I'm gonna I'm gonna shit on what you like with what I like even though I can't explain why I like it. Does that make any sense to you? No, it doesn't make any sense to me either. I answered for you. It's okay. So my next topic and also bringing in some comics this week is Superman Son of Kal El. It has been announced in then in Superman Son of Kal El number five, Jonathan Kent well is coming out as bisexual i have i'm gonna read an article for you guys and it'll be actually the first time that i'm reading it i skimmed over it because i was at work but i'm so utterly happy today the day i'm recording this is um national coming out day and so when they announced this oh god oh i'm so just ecstatic about this it made me so emotional when i saw it and i saw um all the variant covers of uh, this issue of number five and um what also made me more like so happy was that the person that Jonathan Kent is going to be dating is um, also a journalist. So I'm like, oh, that's so nice. It's like, oh, like your dad, <laughs> you know, like dating a journalist. <laughs> but um, I really wanted to read this article um, that I think Tom Taylor, I love Tom Taylor. So this is my definitely my recommendation of the week is Superman, Superman, Son of um, but I love Tom Taylor. I also love his Nightwing comics. So that can that's another random recommendation <laughs> right there. Um, but Tom Taylor, he did speak with the New York Times. Man, New York Times. I didn't see who wrote this. But he spoke with the New York Times. And they wrote an article about how Superman comes out as DC Comics ushers in a new Man of Steel. And I just, oh man, I'm so happy. But I want to read this article with you guys. And... Well, you already know my thoughts. I'm happy. <laughs> I'm very ecstatic. <laughs> um, 
Um, and if you do not read Superman, Son of Kal El, and if you're confused, like, oh, I thought Clark Kent was Superman, I'm, I'm determined. If you are listening to this podcast or you watch my videos, I'm determined to get you into comics in some capacity with at least one character, you know? But Jonathan Kent, he is the new, in this ish, this run of the comic, he is the new Superman. That's what I'm saying. Superman comes out, you know? So, and also he is the son he is the son of Clark Kent and Lois Lane, obviously, but, you know. The new Superman, the son of Clark Kent and Lois Lane, is concerned about the environment, does not shy away from politics, and will soon begin a romantic relationship with a male friend. I'm like, ah! Ah! <laughs> I'm so happy. Okay. I need to calm down. Okay. So, man, should I read this whole thing with you guys? Go support New York Times. <laughs> I guess I feel like I'm obligated. Okay, I'm not going to read the whole thing, but because this is long. But I'm going to read a little bit of this because I wanted to read what Tom Taylor said or basically his quotes. Oh, the new Superman, Jonathan Kent, will soon begin a romantic relationship with a male friend. Um, DC Comics announced this Monday, today, the day I'm recording. <laughs> and... And that same-sex relationship is just one of the ways that Jonathan, who goes by John, is, I love this character if you can't tell, um, is proving to be a different Superman than his famous father. Since his new series, Superman Son of Kal-El, began in July, John has combated wildfires caused by climate change, started a high school shooting, and protested the deportation of refugees in, refugees in Metropolis. So Tom Taylor, here's a quote from him. Love you, Tom Taylor. But he said, The idea of replacing Clark Kent with another straight white savior felt like a missed opportunity. He said that a new Superman had to have new fights, real world problems that he could stand up to as one of the most powerful people in the world. Oh, Tom. <laughs> oh, okay. I, oh, God. This is so wonderful. I feel like, oh, man, this is so, this is so awesome. I just, I can't. I don't know. It's very strange because it's so hard to put into words of why I feel this way. But, um, and why it just makes me so utterly happy. Because people always say, like, oh, but why can't... Okay, look. Because sometimes the response is like, oh, why can't... Why do you have to have a bisexual person? Why can't you... Are you saying you can't relate to someone who's straight or blah, blah, Or why are you turning this person gay or bisexual or whatever? And... I'm like, okay, why is that with the response? The majority of characters are straight or they are assumed to be that way, so they are mainly put into that box. So to say, like, or to say that you couldn't relate to a character because they are gay, bisexual, pan, asexual, anything, you are missing out on some good stories. That's all I have to say. I just don't know what to say to you because, um, wow, <laughs> that's really bad. Continuing with New York Times, they say... Um, wait, let me see who wrote this to get the credit. So, George Gustines. Okay, I hope I pronounced that right. I'm so sorry. Okay, but the coming out of Superman, the perhaps the most archetypal American superhero, is a notable moment even in an age when many comics have embraced diversity and are exploring pressing social issues. Batman's sidekick Robin recently acknowledged romantic feelings for a male friend. Um, and this was Tim Drake, as we know. That, yeah, that was a few months ago, right? Oh, man, I remember that when that, when that happened, too. Everyone's going crazy. Um, and a new Aquaman, 
Oh my goodness, Aquaman, The Becoming, that's also another recommendation. I'm going to go off on so many tangents. I'm so sorry. Okay, so in a new Aquaman comic stars a gay black man who is petitioned to become the title hero. Though Superman is not the first LGBTQ hero and will not be the last, awesome, comics experts said that there was something particularly momentous about Superman coming out. It is not North Star, who your aunt has never heard of, said Glenn Wilden, the author of Superman, the unauthorized biography. It's not hulking, it's not Wiccan, both great characters. It's not fire and ice, it's not Tasmanian devil, it's Superman. That counts for something, just in terms of visibility, just in terms of the fact that this is going to attract attention. Um, okay, here we go. It's so weird. Okay, see, this is what I was talking about. But, of course, there has been some blowback to the recent evolution charted by comics. In August, as rumors about the Superman development began to circulate... Okay, I've just been busy because I didn't even hear rumors about this. Maybe i just been too focused on Tim Drake when he came out. But I've been busy because I didn't see rumors. Um, so, a commenter on the website complained that Marvel and DC have ruined their characters to please the woke mob who don't even buy comics. Okay, <laughs> sorry, I have to remember sometimes you all you won't always be watching the video, but sometimes you should watch the video just to see my facial expressions. <laughs> but others, like myself, have cheered the news. It's nice to see queer superheroes becoming more mainstream. Um, I'm very happy to see people like me being the main characters. Oh my god, that's so awesome. I, ah, it's so amazing. Um so, and the last thing here, wait, is this the last thing? Hold on. Let me see. Okay, so another quote, um, any step that can be taken to make the world on the superhero comics page look more like the world outside of it is good. That gives you access to more varied stories, more interesting stories, more compelling stories, more different ways of telling stories. Man, well, Weldon, what's your name? <laughs> what's your name? Weldon, you said that very well. Um, that's a quote from him. So when they announced this news, um, they said that Jonathan Kent will be pursuing, you know, a relationship with one of his male friends who is named Jay, who they met back in an August story. Jay, who is a journalist, also met, you know, Jonathan's parents, and of course is awestruck by Lois Lane, which I just love and adore. Oh my god, I already love this. So, and Jonathan and Jay will share a kiss, as we kind of already seen from some of the covers, and a story that we publish next month. So, actually, the next issue of Son of Kal-El will be number four. This will be number five, so that will be next month. But, um... Let me see. There's one thing um, that Tom Taylor said that I wanted to point out. And he said, uh, Jay could be the only person in John's life that he does not have to protect. I wanted to have a really equal, supportive relationship for those two. I've always said everyone needs heroes and they deserve to see themselves in their heroes. For so many people, having the strongest superhero in comics come out is incredibly powerful. Oh, Tom Taylor, you just said it the best. You said it so well. <laughs> Um, I'm really happy with this development as you can tell I got this news um, when I was at work and I saw on my Twitter and I did, I had to like kind of take a break because <laughs> I didn't know I was kind of like tearing up I didn't want people to ask because no one's nerds where I am maybe they would care if I told them what happened but still like 
I had to go into a whole story, you know? So I just, like, left the office for a moment, took a little break to myself, because I was just so ecstatic. I'm, I'm still so happy. It's still on my mind. It wasn't something I read and I just forgot, because, like, um, like this article mentioned a couple months ago, Tim Drake came out in Batman Urban Legends, another great comic. <laughs> I'm just going to keep on throwing comics at you. But, um... And that was a whole day celebration for, you know, me and my friends. So the fact that Jonathan Kent, who is Superman um, in the comics now, and we can say Superman came out as bisexual, I think is so amazing. Again, like, like I, I'll just repeat this. I don't understand why it really it kind of does irritate me um, as a black woman. <laughs> I'll say that as a black woman, sometimes, um, I don't know what video game it was, but they released, um, what was it? It was a short little clip. Uh, I'm not a video game person in that way where I'm going to watch all the presentations, but they released a short clip or a first look for a video game and the main character was, you know, a younger black woman or something. I didn't even really see the whole trailer, but I just saw people's reactions to it or some people were really like, oh... Oh, I don't know. Is this going to be woke? And honestly, I hate the idea that my very existence is considered woke. Like, (laughs) when you really think about that, don't you find that ridiculous? Because do you really want everyone to be straight, white, cisgender, and a dude? Because they do the same thing with women. Even if it's a white woman, oh my gosh, it's woke. What's happening? Is woke? You're trying to put on some agenda, <laughs> and now it's like, oh, it's a gay agenda and the bisexual agenda. You know what? It is an agenda, and we're winning. So <laughs> that's all I have to say on that. But I do think, thinking about it, I'm like, man, that's so ridiculous. I could just be in something, and then or, um. I can just be a part of something and that makes it woke like or if because I, I work in a very diverse workplace my office is pretty diverse so are we woke I don't I guess we are I guess I'll just accept that but yes I just want to tell you about this story and give you this news if and this is the first time you are hearing this and tell you that the gay and bisexual agenda is winning we're winning you guys <laughs> oh man awesome it feels awesome to win and now my last thing that i really want to talk about because it is this saturday um this saturday is dc fandom and i do want to say last year's dc fandom was i loved it so much i sat there the whole time at my computer i made my whole schedule i think they did a really good job with this online event i know for some people it crashed but maybe it was just a miracle i was lucky nothing ever slowed down or crashed for me and i always felt um i think they scheduled it very well where it was something maybe a big thing and a smaller panel but another big thing so those never to for me there was never two hours of oh can we please get to the batman can we please get to this you know i think they scheduled it very well so i'm really excited for this saturday and it's very strange to be so excited for this because maybe you know maybe you don't i am very critical of warner brothers and how they handle dc that's why this whole podcast is called dc and t and we can get into that in you know upcoming weeks because they always do something that gets on my nerves but i want to go through what i'm excited for for dc fandom and maybe things that aren't even really a panel but maybe we can hear something about them who knows um 
So I'm excited. Um, for me, here's my... Are these 10 things? Let's just say it's 10 things, okay? <laughs> I didn't even number them. It's just bullet points. But so we have the GCPD show. I want to see something for that. The Green Lantern show. Come on, oh man. First look. Wait, we got, the, we got the cast, right? We only got a few. Wait. I cannot remember. I remember one person who was, I think they cast Guy Gardner. I don't know who else. Was there somebody else? I feel like I remember. I feel like I would remember, but now I feel bad. I want to see anything, anything, anything for Batgirl, Satana, and Blue Beetle. I don't even know if they have panels, but I don't care. <laughs> I really want to see more of, these are all movies, right? Yeah, so Batgirl movie, Satana movie, and Blue Beetle movie. I'm Man, I really hate that both Batgirl and Blue Beetle are going on HBO Max. That is so strange to me, especially Batgirl. Like, she's Batgirl as Barbara Gordon, and I love the casting of Leslie Grace. I was rooting for her to be casted, and I was so happy that she was because she's such a perfect Barbara. So I'm so excited for that. And I'm really excited for the Gotham Knights, um, that whole panel. I don't want to... Man, that game is taking a long time. But you know what? I can't rush. I would rather them take their time. And when it comes out, it's really good. Rather than them rush. And then when it comes out, it has a bunch of bugs. And um, I'm not... Because I play video games. But I'm more of a casual player. Like, if I see a game I like, okay, I'll get that. So when I saw Gotham Knights, I feel like in between, you know, Gotham Knights and, and Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League, I'm definitely more excited for Gotham Knights. I want to hear, I don't think it has a panel, at least I didn't see, but I really want to hear more from the Black Canary movie and anything about that because I was so ecstatic when that was officially announced. I, I was going crazy. I know we were campaigning for a TV show, you guys. I know we wanted to be a series, but the fact that they're doing a movie and Journey Smollett is teaming up again with Misha Green from Lovecraft Country is so utterly perfect for me. I just, I can't even comprehend how perfect that is. Um, I did have written down that I was excited to see anything, you know, for Titans, you know, for the future of Titans. But after the way that this season is going, I am not really looking forward to Titans. I don't know. I just don't know what they could do at this point because the problems are so clear. It could be, this could be another podcast episode because the problems with that show are so clear and they can be easily fixed and it sucks because it started off so well but they did not live up to the hype and that's so disappointing so i guess i'll just if there is something for titans i don't know if it even really has does it have a panel does it if it does i'm taking a bathroom break getting some more snacks you know that'll be me and the last two things that i'm really looking forward to i really want to see this first look at black adam um because all we got was that little kind of not even a teaser but that voiceover from the rock and from last dc fandom and we've seen a maybe a couple images not really but there's been nothing for black adam we finally need some content we are craving it we want more content of black adam and we'll finally get it um and before i get into my main thing that i'm excited for for dc fandom um which i feel like if you know me you would have guessed it by now <laughs> so <laughs> 
Um, I wanted to address um, the Flash. I'm really not excited for the Flash. I know there are people who are excited for the Flash, and um, honestly, that's fine. I'm not gonna. I'm definitely not the kind of person who's going to hold it against you if you're excited for the Flash. Um, especially since it has, you know, Supergirl, Michael, Keaton, Ben Affleck. Even I'm kind of like, oh man, I really want to see Batfleck again, you know? But with The Flash, every time I think about it, I just remember that Ray Fisher could have been in the movie. And to me, I just, it's, again, a whole nother topic for another podcast episode. I'm already planning them out. But just know that the way I feel about the situation with Ray Fisher it, it is so egregious because I know The Flash just finished filming and I know some people maybe don't believe Ray Fisher you know they they don't stand with Ray Fisher and, and after what happened to him but it's very strange to me that after everything that happened I don't even expect them to show up in the movie again it's finished filming but it's so weird that Warner Brothers can't even apologize. Like, what kind of bullshit is that? I just, I, I'm trying to make this so clear about how I feel about this because even if they don't offer Ray Fisher a role in another movie, or you know, even you know, going back in time and offered him another role in The Flash again, and you know, brought him back. I just find it so ridiculous that the people who are over Warner Brothers, Hamada, Sarnoff, and, you know, the incompetent people who somehow got control of this company, they can't even say, okay, we weren't in the positions that we were in way back when, when the whole Justice League thing was happening, but we apologize for what happened to you. We are under new leadership, and we will make sure that something like this never happens again. Why is that so hard to do? And that's what I don't understand. And that's why I'm not excited for The Flash because every time I see it, that's all I can think of. <laughs> so that's my feelings on The Flash. Again, The Flash, Ray Fisher um, can be a whole nother episode, but I want to establish that right now. So. <laughs> So for DC fandom, last but definitely not least, as you know, it's my number one thing that I'm looking forward to is the Batman with Robert Pattinson, uh, Zoe Kravitz, um, Jeffrey Wright, I'm <laughs> just trying to name off all the actors, directed by Matt Reeves. I am so, oh my gosh, I feel like someone's going to have to check on me Saturday after this trailer drops. I'll definitely be reacting so you can check out my YouTube channel for that reaction. But I uh, I love the bat I I love <laughs> I love Batman. I I love Batman and I love Superman. I know, shocking, right? It's real it's really not. But this movie, there's just something about it. I cannot believe looking back at the trailer that we got last year last year at the last DC fandom they only filmed about 25% of the movie at that point and just think about how amazing that trailer was and they finished filming at this point <laughs> they have finished filming so I, I my brain can't even comprehend what we could possibly see from the Batman in the new trailer. I hope it's three minutes long or longer. Just give me the movie already. Like, it really, it makes me so sad to think about how we're supposed to get the Batman this year. It was actually supposed to be October 1st. 
but I'm so excited for this trailer. That's the thing that I'm really, really, really looking forward to the most from DC Fandom. Yeah, I am so ready for Saturday. I'm ready to like for this week to go by, just fly by so we can get to Saturday and we can see all the goodies that DC has for us. <laughs> so thank you for listening. If you are listening to this podcast on right now is available on Spotify, Anchor, Breaker, Pocket Cast. Hopefully I can add Apple and Google in there soon. But thank you for listening to my first episode of DCNT. I am so excited about this podcast and I'm so happy if you are listening right now. If you are watching the video, thank you for watching. And and I already have so many ideas for what I, for what I want to do in the future with this podcast, and I have so many ideas or even <laughs> of even the guests I want to bring on. Um, so I am just I'm very I'm I'm very hopeful about this podcast. I'll just leave it there. So thank you for listening, and I'll talk to you guys later.